Welcome to another episode of the Brick House Podcast. I'm Bob Johnson. And I'm Matt Baker. Bob, how's the week been so far? Man, the week has been great in basketball. I um, want to welcome you back from your uh, your one-game road trip. Yeah. Undefeated one-game road trip. Yeah. Congratulations. Just, just, this is literally the first thing I'm doing back in town. Went with the brothers to watch University of Virginia play North Carolina, and I know this is a professional basketball podcast, but there's nothing quite like the atmosphere of college basketball. Yeah. they. We, we went to Virginia. They're great over there. It's loud. It's raucous. Remind me again what drew you guys to Virginia basketball. Uh, so game? Adam, who is on the podcast, who's been on the podcast, used to work with a company that would work with Washington State and Gonzaga basketball. Right, right. And all the coaches from Washington State, or not all of them, but most of the coaches from Washington State went over to Virginia about six years ago. Oh, okay. So Adam still keeps in touch with one of them. Not Mark Few or whatever. No, Few is Gonzaga. Tony Bennett. Uh-huh. Okay. So Bennett and a few of the other coaches went to Virginia, and Adam keeps in touch with Ronnie, one of them. In the past two years, we've gone out to see Ronnie and go watch a game. And Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's really they're, – they're great over there. College game day was there, and Virginia ended up winning, and the crowd went crazy. And uh, yeah. So does Virginia or UNC have any lottery picks on their team, potential lottery picks? I don't know about – Lottery. So uh, Virginia's best guy is Malcolm Brogdon, who is a forward, and he's really good. He he played great. Freshman? No, he's a senior. He's a redshirt okay. senior, and he's uh, he might be ACC. That's not a lottery pick usually. <laughs> right. Well, he might be ACC Player of the Year, but he's yeah he's really good. Uh, NBA Draft dot net has him as the third to last pick in the draft. Okay. Uh, he should he he should get some sort of looks and on North Carolina side, they have Bryce Johnson who he's a Ford and he's a senior also, but they have him as a potential lottery pick and he's just kind of a, he's just an animal. Who's that real skinny Steph Curry looking guy for UNC that was Marcus page. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't play that well. They don't have him as a, a lottery pick or as a pick this year. Maybe he might, he might be one next year, but so yeah, it was a great, it was a great game. It was, my first time seeing North Carolina in person, so a lot of UNC fans at, at Virginia. A decent amount, but Charlottesville is so small that they really support their school, their sports uh-huh. out there, and it it was just packed with orange shirts, and yeah, it was it was a blast. If anyone can get out there, I recommend they do it. Nice, yeah. What's the deal with... Well, this week on Brickhouse, I wanted to uh, talk about NBA agents. And, you know, we spent the the previews digging up uh, dirt and information on NBA owners. Right. And, you know, I feel like as a couple of basketball super dorks, that the agents are something that not even you and I really know all those details about. They're not really that readily available. No, yeah, that's very, it's very true. But a name caught my attention uh, this week because while they are so rarely mentioned in the news, this name I've seen mentioned so many times this year that I finally had to look it up. Well, you, 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 if you're an agent, 
I don't think you want to be mentioned a whole bunch. Like you, the, who the agents you think about most are Scott Boris for baseball and Drew Rosenhaus right. for football. And Rosenhaus, Rosenhaus, I always thought was good because he would be so crazy it would kind of make you forget that some of his clients were more crazy. Mm-hmm. Like when Tio, when Terrell Owens was doing all that stuff, Rosenhaus was out in front being as crazy, trying to take the heat off his guy. Yeah. So you don't you don't hear about agents much, but. Uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt. What were you gonna? Well, the agent that uh, that came up was not for a good reason. He probably would wishes he it wasn't he wasn't in the news. It's Dan Fegan. I right. think I'm pronouncing that right. He is the former agent of Dwight Howard, who just announced this week that he is moving on. And in a quote uh, that was really uh, grammatically uh, incorrect, <laughs> he uh, said that you know. Despite being a 13-year veteran or whatever he is, he's moving on from Dan Fegan and beginning to embark on his NBA journey elsewhere. And embark uh, really isn't something you do after 13 years (laughs) in your your NBA career is embark on your NBA journey. But uh, he moved on from Dan Fegan. No hard feelings. You know, it was a very uh, boring statement. It didn't say that, you know, Dan Fegan didn't secure a trade that I wanted to go right. to another team right. when that's what exactly what I told him to do. Or Dan Fegan started to tell me, hey, Dwight, maybe you're not going to be able to get the max money this summer. Yeah. And that's not what Dwight that's, Howard wants to hear yeah. at all, ever, Dan oh, Fegan. Yeah. That's got to play into it some, I would imagine. Yeah. Dan Fegan was also the agent to DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. You say also was. Was the agent. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, again, like you say, didn't really want his name in the news for that incident either, Mm -hmm. which was just the most embarrassing uh, free agent indecision in a while, Mm -hmm. in in recent memory. Plus, just in the past month, John Wall also fired him, moving to Clutch Sports and LeBron James' best friend, Rich Paul, Paul. as his agent. That is a, a big three to lose. It's three of the top thirty players yeah. in the NBA. I'm I'm looking through the the uh, his client list right now, and he his biggest name he still has is Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus Cousins, Ricky Rubio's yeah, another Rick, client. He has Ricky Rubio, and he has Cameron Payne. Yeah, oh, he has Parsons. Parsons will be good for him this year. Right, but not nothing really like those three that he lost. That's for sure. Right. So I I tried to look up some information about this Dan Fegan and really fell down a internet wormhole yeah. that I feel is only the tip of the iceberg, but uh, we'll try and give you a little sample of it on the podcast. It really is a, uh, a tale of backstabbing and uh, bending and uh, avoiding the rules at all costs. Well, the, the Oscars are going on right now. Is there any chance that... Uh... We might have a good screenplay on our hands, maybe, you know. Oh, I, I definitely think so. I think there's a, a Wes Wesley screenplay that could be written into itself, and probably all these guys have, uh, have enough stories. If you could ever find someone who wasn't paid so much to not tell them. Right. Um, but let me f- tell you a little bit about some of these guys. Dan Fegan, one of the first things I looked up, was sued by Andy Miller of ASM Sports mm-hmm. for poaching Larry Sanders right before he signed a Oof. four-year, $44 million deal. Yeah. The complaint alleges Relativity, Relativity Sports, which is Dan Fegan's company, 
made promises to people close to Sanders, including a childhood friend and an ex-girlfriend, to influence Sanders and allow the relativity defendants to gain Sanders' confidence and trust. Once they had that trust, they abused it, making misrepresentations to Sanders about his worth as a, quote, max player and making false promises to Sanders. The relativity defendants additionally swayed Sanders with flights on private planes, expensive dinners, invites to pre-ESPY awards parties, acting classes, and trips to Disneyland for his family. Free trips to Disneyland. It's no wonder these NBA players <laughs> stab their agents in the heart. Yeah. That's I something mean. you can't get anywhere else, Bob. <laughs> what? That's funny. That sounds an awful lot like what nineteen eight. Yeah, nineteen eighties Miami <laughs> University of Miami, and yeah. <laughs> it. Uh, so it, it doesn't sound. And also, I would imagine that's not uncommon in the agent world. Oh, it's not uncommon at all, Matt. You, I've got another eight pages of examples just like this. Did I just set you up for something there? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the complaint the complaint that Miller said in his lawsuit was that they lost out on about one point six four million in free agent fees and even more in endorsements. Right. Uh, Miller citing that he was very close to sealing a Nike endorsement for Sanders. Oof. Um, Good thing Nike didn't make that mistake. Yeah the the complaint was worded as such about Relativity Media, mm-hmm. which sort of is going to play into a theme about the information I'm going to share in the next 15 to 20 minutes oh, about man. these agents is that there's very little you can find about them. Dan Fegan's Wikipedia page is one sentence long. I'm look I'm currently <laughs> looking at it and it it does not do anything justice to anything. It, no. He must ha- he must keep that under strict like, yeah, Lock. as uh, this that I'm reading here are all quotes from a uh, misconduct lawsuit that his uh, former colleague um, filed against him. So you'd think that would show up on the Wikipedia page there, Bob. You would think so. But, yeah, all this information is coming out from people who uh, who are clearly trying to get the word out. To wit, uh, <laughs> quote... The misconduct of the relativity defendants described herein is hardly an isolated event. Right. To the contrary, the relativity defendants are well known among the top sports agents for stealing clients on the eve of a contract Ooh. after all of the hard lifting has been done by others, by false promises and other nefarious tactics. A strong message needs to be sent to the relativity defendants that such actions have consequences. Right. So essentially what he did was uh, Miller had negotiated a four-year $40 million or $41 million extension for Sanders with the Bucks. Fegan and his crew, uh, whose new uh, partner, who's not any longer his partner, but at the time was Happy Walters, uh, they moved in. They managed to increase the deal by $3 million and thus saying that you know they were the ones who negotiated it. Solid. And got all the uh, the accounting fees or the agent fees, excuse me. Another amazing article that I found about this on the internet, which is authored by someone I think is called Coach Marion. It's a very weird link that is just a, a link to an HTML word file <laughs> that's about seven thousand words long. Whoa. And Coach Marion has a lot to say on this subject. Yeah, the title is So You Want to Be an NBA Agent, Mm -hmm. right? And it's got, it really rings of 
Jerry Maguire and the uh, the editing they do where they have Jerry Maguire's mentor yeah. cut throughout the movie. It right. just says, today I wake up, I clap my hands, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> so this Coach Marion, throughout this entire 7,000-word essay, refers to the reader as Skippy. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Yeah. The first, the first uh, paragraph. So you want to be an NBA agent? Why not? Right? Face it, Skippy. There comes a time when you realize that no matter how scrappy you may be, you're just not going to land the point guard spot on an NBA roster. <laughs> <laughs> so why not become an NBA agent? Yeah. Right, Ben? Right. <laughs> so if Skippy, you and I could actually become an NBA agent today, Matt, if we just have $1,500 and a envelope and a stamp. Let me tell you what we would do. Please do. Once you, dis- <laughs> this is from Coach Marion's. So yeah, 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 the HTML site. Yeah, Once it. you decide you're serious about becoming an NBA agent, here's what you do. Send a letter to Robert Gadsden, the National Basketball Players Association Director of Security and Agent Administration. The address is 2 Penn Plaza, Suite 2430, New York, New York, 10121. Okay. Gadsden will send you back a 17-page application packed with questions that range from the softball, high school attended, past employment, references, to hardball. Do you allocate proportionate expenses among various player clients? To, well, oddball, have you ever been educated, insane, or legally incompetent by any court? <laughs> These are just example questions in a 17-page questionnaire wow. that you have to fill out. So you send a $1,500 check and this questionnaire, and Coach Marion goes on to say they don't really give a damn about the answers to your questionnaire. Yeah. As long as your check clears, you're an NBA agent, Matt. For fifteen for fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. So we're gonna have to start a Kickstarter about this. Uh, yeah. Pretty soon here. Yeah. The article even uh, mentioned Dan Fegan. I think this was written about two thousand five, and it says you know Fegan was one of the league's most powerful agents at the time. And listen to this client list, which I thought was is perfectly dated, and is filled with people who were famously overpaid. Oh man, can't wait. Dan Fegan's clients. Included eight-figure contracts for Gilbert Arenas, oh, yeah. Eric Dampier, Man. Sean Marion, Troy Murphy, and Jason Richardson. Wow. Some of the most overpaid players of the mid-2000s, I would, I would have to say. That just means he's a great agent. In 2002, another one of Fegan's of former associates, Brian Dyke, filed a lawsuit in the Los Angeles Supreme Court over the sale of Fegan's business to Canadian conglomerate Asante. Dyke alleged that Fegan broke promises and froze him out of the deal, and the case was settled out of court, and Dyke dropped the lawsuit. Yeah. But the allegation is Dyke's depositions were fascinating. He named four AAU representatives who cl- he claimed were paid by uh, Fegan. Ah, there's the rub. So this is what they do. They can't tell a player, well, successfully, hey, you know, you should uh, come to me. But what they do is they hire people that are close to that player, and essentially that person is going to be loyal to the agent you know right. and they're going to push uh, the player towards said agent when he becomes a professional and ready to sign um here's a quote um from dyke in the uh in the deposition dyke was asked if he thought fegan had paid irvin who's one of the aau people yeah compensation in order to sign marion sean, sean marion 
quote, yes, Dyke said. When asked why he thought that, Dyke said, because he told me he did. (laughs) (laughs) Fegan famously sent FedEx envelopes full of cash to AAU coaches under the guise of making, quote, donations to AAU basketball. That's uh, like the old Mitch Hedberg joke. Uh, (laughs) He he likes... Uh, the FedEx driver because he's a drug dealer and he doesn't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) So these FedEx drivers were passing cash around and didn't even know it. So another example of how dated this uh, Marion coach Marion article was, was he was trying to show an example of a, a great player who changed a lot of, of agents. Can't wait for this name. And the example as one of the top free agents of the summer was Jason Terry. Yeah. Um, the Jet. Yeah. So let's see. Jason Terry. He entered the 99 draft with Larry Fox as his agent and just weeks later switched to No Limit Sports. Ooh. The company started by a rap Master P. Master P, of course. He left No Limit and signed with agent Brad Marshall in 2001. And to be fair, everyone left No Limit <laughs> agency. <laughs> yeah. I remember Ricky Williams was famously one of Master P's first clients and he had to lose a bunch of weight before, or before uh, NFL training camp. And Master P, you know, agent Sports scientist, mm-hmm. rapper, coke dealer. He had a sure, lot of different titles. Sure. Almost NBA basketball player. Yeah. He recommended for Williams to lose the weight that he sit on the toilet, eat boxes of raisins, and smoke cigarettes while talking to Master P on the phone, like all day. Sitting on the toilet, eating raisins, and smoking cigarettes. What's so weird about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. it hasn't been marketed to America as a brilliant weight loss plan. Well, you know, anytime you can sign with that with that agency headed by Master P, C Murder, and uh, Silk the Shocker, you know, you got to go for it, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Well, this all went to uh, him. He dropped uh, No Limit, went to Brad Marshall, then dropped him within a few months, which led to Marshall to file a grievance with the, the Players Union over a $200,000 loan he had given to Terry. And in 2003, uh, Terry was a Raymond Brothers client. That year, Brothers negotiated Terry's three-year, $22.5 million contract. And now Terry will be one of the top free agents of the summer, currently represented by Fegan. Wow. So what these people are called that the agents hire that are often friends and family members are called runners. Oh. And... The agents have a list of rules, and once we have our Kickstarter and pay our fifteen hundred dollars, they'll send us a rule book. Oh, so it's like a like a kind of uniony type thing. Oh yeah, the players' union has all the checks and balances with the agents, and you want to be good to the players' union because they're the ones who are recommending agents to players. Of course, I mean a lot of people are recommending agents to players. You can hire anybody. To, to be your agent. recommend pl- uh, oh. agents to players. Uh, and the people who are not licensed agents who have not paid their $1,500 <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> do not have to follow any of the rules. But they can still be agents. Of agents. Well, they can still work for the agents, oh, and they can follow about, a player around 24 hours a day. Runners don't have to pay the sweet, sweet $1,500 to get in on this racket. Right, and they can approach any player who is already signed with an agent, because the agents are very much like free agency with teams. Yeah. You know, it would be tampering for the Chicago Bulls to go and talk to Kevin Love. Kevin Love, right. You know, at the same time, it would be it would be deemed uncouth for you know, Derek Rose's agent to go and uh, talk to Kevin Love directly if he's represented by somebody else. Right. However, not the it, runners, not the runners. Exactly. Wow. Um, so that's the biggest danger. And apparently uh, the NFL Players Association is a little more diligent about keeping runners uh, away from players. Yeah. But the NBA is more of a free for all. So the places that, that runners are approaching people, late-night clubs. Of course. Where all the, course. the players are hanging out. Um, they're in the gyms all the time. Uh, one of them even paid a popular barber to tell them whenever players were going to be around. Wow. You know? Um, wow. It's... There's no, it's unscrupulous. It's a, it's a, to quote one agent, it's a mess. There's no regulation. The problem is you have a new group of players coming in every year, and every year these runners can just reinvent themselves and tell players whatever they want to hear. Wow. In the corporate world, you have a resume and a background and a reputation. In this world, you can just lie, just say whatever you think the guy wants to hear. There's another example of one of Fegan's runners poaching Rafer Alston. And another thing, that's just the disloyalty is crazy. I wish I knew the sales pitches that these guys are yeah. doing because they must be amazing at it. Alston had an agent who, if you remember Rafer Alston's career, he had kind of a, a back way into the NBA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, skip to my Lou. He was playing in the CBA. Um, you know, he's one of the... The famous like street ballers yeah. from uh, from New York, I believe. Yeah, Rucker Park, right? But had a hard time getting into the NBA, and his agent worked worked really hard for him. Even had him living at his house. Uh, had the idea to get him a shoe deal by releasing the And One mixtape with right, him right. really as the star of that. Yeah. And so, despite all of this. Uh, you know, he even he got uh, Alston to play in the D leagues, so the Raptors would sign him, and suggested that he move to Miami, which had like the biggest increase in Alston's career. But nevertheless, um, a few days before he was going to sign his big deal with the Raptors, Eddie Lau, one of famously one of Dan Fegan's runners, yeah, uh, approached him, got Alston to to switch. And uh, the rest is history. Whoa! So that, so the that one guy did all the work, kept kept Rafer in the the eye of the NBA, hustled, let him stay at his house, and then nothing. Yeah, I I was got into an even further wormhole with Eddie Lau, who dated. Do you remember Derek Character? Yeah, from uh, Louisville. Yeah, Louisville, yeah. and then UTEP. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this guy Eddie Lau dated Derek Character's aunt for like four years while he was in high school. Oh, because he was the, a huge recruit. He was yeah, a big yeah, one of the biggest recruits of the year. Yeah, and then when he fell out of favor with Patino at Louisville, you know what happened? Eddie uh, Lau and the aunt broke uh, up. Oh, go figure! What a 
What a crushing time in the character family. You know who stopped pursuing Derek character after no, that? No, who, Bob? Dead Feekin. Oh, my goodness. You don't say. <laughs> it's, almost, uh, it's almost too much of a coincidence. That's crazy. I really have a hard time doing a Brick House podcast without talking about brothers. You know, it <laughs> yeah. uh, usually involves the Phoenix yeah, Suns. Yeah, of course. Um, the Phoenix Suns weren't involved in this, nah. but, but Coach Marion, yeah. he's just trying to show examples of people stabbing each other in the back and that even brothers are not uh, immune to this. Right. And he gives the example of the Fleischer brothers, Eric and Mark. And there's a, there's a big name in the player representation field because of their father, Larry Fleischer, was the founder of the Players Association and the guy who facilitated the ABA-NBA merger. Mm-hmm. He negotiated the league's salary cap, created the NBA's very tough anti-drug rules, and helped spread the game globally. So it only seemed natural that their, his sons would, um, you would know, go on to be fall agents. On. Yeah, of course. So in 95, um, they put his name, they put his father's good name through the ringer, though, because of a lawsuit that Eric filed against Mark, citing irreconcilable differences Mostly centered on Mark's work ethic, I guess Eric thought he was really pulling all the weight at the agency. Uh, The lawsuit is embarrassing. Again, evidence of actual, you know, agents at work is only found here in, uh, you know, the historical documents of a lawsuit. (laughs) Um, And the, uh, the titles of this affidavit are pretty hilarious on page three. Of this affidavit, there's a section called Mark Fleischer's Waste of Corporate Assets. Nice. Getting straight to the point. A subsection is titled, quote, The 40th Birthday Party. (laughs) 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 Which alleges that in 94, Mark spent company time and money planning his birthday celebration at Donald Trump's Florida home. You don't say. (laughs) It's all coming together. Another subsection is, quote, the wedding in Alcapulco, (laughs) which is similar to the 40th birthday party, except Eric points out Mark planned the wedding for the weekend of the 93 Final Four, which is an important time for agents who are recruiting. Oh, yes, the Final Four. Everyone's going to be there. Runners runners probably get paid overtime in the Final Four. (laughs) The best best part, though, comes from subsection D, which Mm -hmm. is... uh, uh, the section that's called, quote, Mark Fleischer sleeping at the office. Uh, the affidavit charges that, quote, on numerous occasions, rather than conduct the business of Entersport during business hours, Mark Fleischer simply closed his office door and went to sleep on his couch. <laughs> that's amazing. You know, wow. So these 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 agents aren't even afraid to go uh, to go after their own family. Let, let me uh, let me wrap this up. See if I can put a little bow on this because there's no, like I say, we could just fall down this rat hole forever. And I I'm hope to do some more research on the subject. But if you recall, I started by saying one of the first things I found about Dan Fegan was that he was sued by Andy Miller, uh, his former. Yeah, associate right, from right. ASM for stealing Larry Sanders. Yeah. So the Fleischer brothers, right? After this lawsuit between Eric and Mark, Eric left with his intern, mm-hmm. none, other, none other than Andy Miller. Wow. Who was at the center of the Fleischer brothers postscript. Oh, Miller went on to leave Eric's company yes. in 99 and took several big clients with him, including Kevin Garnett and Chauncey Billups. Wow. 
Fleischer was back in court after that, this time with a lawsuit against Miller, where Fleischer was awarded $4.6 million. So they're just all, there's really no loyalty. Yeah, they, they, they steal from each other, they sue each other, they partner together, they break up, they steal clients. It's and, pretty much like Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, and Miller took Miller took KG right right before KG signed that seven year, hundred and twenty biggest contract right, ever. Right, that caused the lockout. Yeah, ninety nine. Man, so yeah, the, that is my research this week on NBA agents and Dan Fegan. Uh, there's a lot of cause, a lot of noise on Twitter uh, suggesting that Demarcus Cousins will be next to fire wow. this guy. So we'll see. Do, and it, is, maybe it won't happen until right before his next contract. Yeah. Well, what what's the why is this why is this happening? Just because maybe Dwight Dwight might not like the way he's being perceived right now. Because I think if anything, the trade deadline showed that probably nobody wants Dwight Howard, and Dwight might be Dwight might not get the huge money he's thinking he would get this off season. Definitely, all three of those players. Well, you know why John John Wallace has been complaining about his contract since the moment he signed it, right? Since the, since the moment Reggie Jackson signed that one, so that's pretty understandable. Yeah, I think all three of those players. If you had to say that what what do they have in common, it's that they all maybe think that they could be perceived much differently than they are. Yeah. Obviously, the DeAndre Mavs signing was a complete disaster. Yeah. And I, I read um, about Fegan there that his family, DeAndre's family, felt that he was so pressured by Fegan to and go. his group to go to Dallas yeah. that that's why they were calling Clippers players and saying, why don't you give DeAndre a call? Yeah, well, you can see from Fegan's point of view that that is the – Arguably, that's a better move for DeAndre from number from a numbers and from a being the number one guy standpoint, which I think he probably would rather DeAndre be. Now, I think DeAndre got got this his money didn't suffer coming back to the Clippers. Sure, but he's they're always thinking one contract ahead, I guess. But yeah, you know, I've got to think. You know, if you're an agent and you're trying to have. Trying to keep good relationships, obviously, with the teams, but more importantly than that, you want to make sure that your reputation is stellar with right. the players' union and the right. players. Right. And if if the situation with DeAndre in Dallas was anything other than he wanted to do what was best for his client, yeah, then that is really uh, tarnishing to his reputation. Yeah. But we don't have to talk about agents the whole time. There's actually. Um, some stuff that goes on on the court that is uh, much more entertaining. Yeah, we <laughs> any any prep work we had done about this past week kind of got thrown out after that Warriors Thunder game last night. That was the that was the title of my next segment. It's called uh, Steph Curry is better than his video game avatar. Yeah, <laughs> have you heard about this? No, that the creator but of I agree with or it. the gameplay director of NBA Two K, yeah. Mike Wang, said in an interview this week that Curry has forced the game's production team to change its approach to how the game is designed. Whoa. The quote is, to be completely honest, we are still looking for ways to better translate his game into NBA 2K. He's a rule breaker when it comes to jump shooting. He, he becomes a problem in the video game world where we've been trying to train our gamers to know that certain types of shots should be warded versus others. Yeah. If you've played NBA 2K... It's sort of oh, there. It is right there. <laughs> it's sort of uh, 
it teaches you that the it's it's really propaganda for the Spurs basketball or the Warriors for that matter. Right. Because the more you move the ball, the better you play and make the quote unquote right decisions. Yeah. The more the ball goes in. So okay, so good example. Two years ago. The game two years ago, I played a whole bunch more than this year. That was a little more freewheeling, and that that was kind of that was more the traditional video game basketball of crazy shots, threes, and all that going in. Yeah, I didn't play last year as much, and I got this year's. And my buddies were telling me that it's. They said you can't play this year's the same way you used to play the video, old video games. Uh-huh. You have to focus more on actually running plays, and um. Which is good. It's more realistic. But at the same time, when you have someone like Curry, real-life Curry looks more like old video games. Right. Just run circles around the defenders. So so they're saying that in video games, the longer the shot, the less likely it is to go in. So now they might have to adapt it to make, make Steph Curry have the, like, the ability to hit these far shots because he hits them regularly. Right, and you're not supposed to make as nearly as many shots off the dribble and right. as off of a catch and shoot. Yeah. But Curry's changing the rules there. Yeah. Tim Duncan had a milestone last night against the Houston Rockets. Wow. He had his 3,000th career block. It was actually against James Harden. Oh, wow. And uh, he was asked after the game of whether he left his feet for that block block number 3000 yeah he says i haven't got off the floor since my 2000th block <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one and i don't know if you saw but the spurs signed uh, the professor andre oh, miller oh yeah bjorn who was on the podcast said he's going to have a random playoff moment oh sure sure the the spurs had to rave wave ray mccallum to make room on the roster oh wow but you know what this means for tim duncan He's no longer the oldest player on the Spurs. Wow, <laughs> we did it. We did it, people. They said it couldn't be done. Draymond Green, you know, speaking, and we were talking about agents and all the stories we wish we knew. Draymond Green had 14 rebounds, 14 assists, six steals, four blocks, and not a single field goal last night. He wow. had two points. Both, uh, I think it was two for four from the free throw line. Wow. And apparently went off so loud at halftime yelling at whoever was in the locker room that Lisa Salters and everybody who was in the hallway could hear it. And the Salters said something to the effect of Draymond saying, you know, I'm not a robot. I guess he wasn't happy with how he was playing in the first half. He hadn't made a field goal then, didn't make one throughout the entire game. But yeah, wish wish we knew what was said in there. Whatever it was, it seemed to have worked. My friend's sister was texting me because she was watching it with her kids. She has three boys. She was texting me about the game. I had lunch with a buddy in D.C. today before I came back, and he said he he watched it because he was seeing on Twitter that everyone was tweeting about it. Uh huh. We. We turned it on last night after we got back from the Virginia game, enough time to see most of the fourth quarter. It it was insane. I mean, Westbrook had 26, 13, and 7. Durant had 37, 12, and 5. Ibaka had 15 and 20. It was just monster numbers. Clay yeah, Durant was 7 of 11 from 3. Yeah, Clay only 7 of 11 compared to our boy on the Warriors. Clay had 32 points. You already said Draymond, but yeah. Curry, 46 points, 12 threes, and the record-tying 
game-winning what how how far was that shot 35 feet i think it was 38 feet 38 feet yeah Gosh. it was it was from the thunder's logo yeah so that's almost double the distance it's 6 feet short of doubling the distance of the regular three point line nuts there's a clip uh that's going around of the shot you see canter is on the bench and he just when the shots in the air he just puts his hands up to almost say why is that guy taking that shot? Clearly, it's about to go in. He just puts his hands up, and then the shot goes in. It was Breen, Mike Breen's crowning moment of yelling "bang" after he does every <laughs> three-pointer. I mean, what what do you say? What do you say about about that? It, My favorite part was something that I am shocked we don't see more of, and that was the Warriors were down two points with less than ten seconds to go. They didn't immediately foul, but chose yeah. to trap Kevin Durant in the corner. Right, at the end of regulation. Which led to him throwing a wild cross-court pass that got them the steal. Yeah. And then the foul on Durant, um, on Iguodala. Iguodala made both free throws, which is uh, yeah. huge. Which is about as, uh, more, um, maybe even more amazing than yeah. Steph Curry making a 40-foot yeah. three. I think the basketball world was caught somewhere between amazement at Curry's shot and just that's what he does and it, it's fitting too because this whole week there's been talk of people saying he's not as good as other people Oscar Robert not as good as Oscar Robertson or Oscar Robertson was talking trash whatever it is what what is the what does Curry have to do to get the old old dog's respect I think he did it last night <laughs> yeah I mean if he didn't he won't ever do it yeah <laughs> I actually I think Michael Jordan had a good quote at the All-Star game because they were talking about, I think Sager was talking about something about how you're the best player of all time, how does it feel, blah, 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 this and that, watching the young kids. Uh -huh. And Jordan said, well, you know, there were guys that came before me who set it up for us, and there were guys that played with me who helped set it up for people like Kobe who's helping set it up for the younger kids. So at least out of all the people who like to talk trash and could have talked trash about the young kids like Steph Curry, Jordan didn't. But who cares if he's six foot three, one hundred and fifteen pounds, and looks like he's in fifth grade still? It doesn't matter. Like he, he's great. These guys, I love. I love their nostalgia about how there was no such thing as fouls, you know, yeah. before nineteen ninety eight or something. <laughs> right? Yeah, we would we would drive the lane, and the guys would get off the bench and hit us. And you know the, what I would do? I would shoot him in the leg. You know? Yeah, just like what? No, you yeah, can't. Do yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, like the the romanticized. Like we we would never let someone drive down the lane like that. Maybe you yeah. wouldn't. I mean. I, I do think it was a little bit more physical, but not to the extent of like mass murders happening out on the court every game. I think what the the old timers really want to be saying is like we had to fly and coach, and you know my entire career's earnings you just made last night. You know <laughs> yeah. that's really what they're that's, mad about. That's what know? they want to say. Yo mama is so fat. Amazing Tim Duncan staff for the diss of the week. Are you ready? Yeah. Tim Duncan, just, uh, just this week, if he hasn't, he will have his 18th 50-win season of his career. Wow. Tim Duncan, 18 50-win seasons. Yeah. 
the diss of the week is that that stat is better than 26 of the 30 NBA teams. In general. Only three teams besides the Spurs have ever won 18 50-game seasons, have ever had 18 or more 50-game seasons. That's incredible. Got any idea who they are? Besides the Spurs, the only... Lakers, Celtics. Lakers, Celtics, Spurs. And wait, uh, man, Lakers, Celtics, Spurs, and Bulls? It's the Suns. Ooh, yeah. 19 in just 46 seasons for the Suns. Yeah, people forget. 41%. Forty-one percent, and take take uh, the last six years that they've been bad out, and that means that half their years they were getting fifty wins. You know who's stuck behind, on that, Bob? You know who's behind the Suns? The next one, Detroit, the seventy-sixers. Wow, yeah. <laughs> how the mighty fall! <laughs> right, the Lakers are at the top. The seventy-sixers are at the top five. Yeah. Anyways, I thought that was awesome. The other the other quote for uh, Diss of the Week was something that we were just talking about. Bogut saying uh, to Ethan Strauss, the Warriors beat writer, that he just hopes he's not a bitter old man in his 50s and 60s having to say that every generation says the next generation <laughs> is softer and slower and not as smart. I hope I'm not ever one of those men. Oh, says man, Andrew that's really Bogut. good. That's really good. <laughs> I uh, I saw that Joe Johnson got signed by the Heat after a buyout with the Nets. <laughs> yeah, what I I think Bjorn Bjorn put it best. If you're going to go to the Heat because you're going to get a whole bunch of shots, just stay with the Nets. Yeah, you want you want to know a stat that'll make Oscar Robertson's ears bleed? <laughs> yeah. The Nets paid Joe Johnson two hundred ninety nine thousand dollars per game over the last four seasons. Oh, man. <laughs> but And you know why I think Joe Johnson went to the Miami Heat and not somewhere like the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Golden State Warriors? Because Miami will be able to give him more money next year. The Cavs, they're totally maxed yeah. out. The Warriors, they're smartly run, and they're over the cap too. But Miami probably could give him a good amount of money. So, not to mention, you know, it's a nicer place to live. So he's set. you think he's already setting himself up for another contract? Oh, absolutely. Since when has Joe Johnson cared about anything else? So, he, yeah, he, he went to the, he's been to the conference finals once in his career, and that was in 05 with Phoenix. Right. Was um, that the Jerry Stackhouse smash the face? Yeah. Year? Yeah, right. that was that year. Pat Riley's got some great runners, I'm sure. He must. <laughs> Pat Riley. <laughs> the best of the business. He must have those. It. Like what was I wonder what Dwayne Wade's sales pitch was like what what do you care about most Joe like shooting and money perfect Miami <laughs> how about sex we got that yeah, too well there's no maybe Wade said there's no income tax and in, state income tax in Florida and Joe, Joe's like wait I can keep more of my money and I'm like yes you can right on the next episode of Brick House ESPN is decided to make another addition that no one asked for to uh, the NBA broadcast. <laughs> After a player makes a free throw, the free throw line is going to glow, but only if that free throw is going to count, you know? Did you notice that the th- the glowing three-point line I, in so the I, I, <laughs> Warriors game? I didn't notice. I saw I saw a glimpse of it. I wasn't really paying attention to that. 
but I have heard about it. It's yeah. Uh, so it apparently glows whenever a three-point shot goes up. Um, but somebody, and you know, the point of it, uh, ABC, ESPN says, is so that the fans will know if it's, if it's, it's going to be a good three-pointer right. or not. But you know who doesn't know, like, all the time in those split seconds? The NBA referee. <laughs> yeah. You know who then can't be expected to know in those split seconds? Some guy that works for ABC with his yeah. finger on the button. Right. You know? Um, you don't want to jump the gun. I mean, just it's good enough. Just look at the ref, and if he's holding up one hand, we'll go from there. Yeah. I, someone pointed out on NBA Reddit that it also lights up when the shot clock expires. And I thought, oh, that's good because the blaring horns <laughs> and the ref giving the ball to the other team wasn't enough for me to know yeah, that the yeah. shot clock expired. Next, you know? <laughs> next thing, they're just uh, they're just gonna have something. They're gonna have the players' jerseys light up if they're the one in possession of the ball. Yeah, yeah. I I understand the glowing hockey puck, right? You know, yeah. I guess there's been a few different iterations of that. You know, it makes it or better the, to the watch on yellow TV. line, yellow first down marker, the first down line. That makes know. sense. The three pointer is just completely unnecessary. Yeah, let's hope it's gone by uh, by their next, next podcast, next prime time <laughs> Saturday night game. Yeah, we'll we'll keep you posted, and you can follow us at uh, Brickhouse Pod for uh, all our funny tweets. Matt, what's your Twitter handle? At Hey, it's Matt Baker. At Hey, it's Matt Baker. He is one of my favorite people to follow oh, on Twitter. It. Oh, stop it, you. Such a funny, sardonic, uh, dry-witted man. That's all for this special edition. Dan Fegan, uh, give, me a, give me a call, man. Follow me on Twitter. We'll, uh, I'll run for you. Yeah, we... we uh... We need to. We could run a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for your FedEx envelope full of cash, Dad. Vegan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Bob, me Bob and I. You know what? If uh, all, to all the agents out there, if if you want Bob and I to go to the final four, we won't schedule any weddings during that weekend. We'll go straight nope. to the final four for you. Nope. Yep. We'll uh, we'll cut your players' hair too. No problem. Yeah. I, and if one <laughs> one guy is if one guy's signed by one agent and you want him. Uh, you know, that agent doesn't exist to us. We'll go get that guy. <laughs> I've seen blue chips. You just drive a tractor. You have mm -hmm. a duffel bag full of money. That's all you need. It's almost too easy. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll talk to you next week on another episode of Brick House.